0: How many times in a day do you do the thing that you don't want to do, but you do it anyway because you feel guilty? How many times do you do in a day the thing that brings you further away from what you want so you can make someone else happy? Do the conversations in your mind sound like this? When I said that to my boss, I hope they understood what I meant. God, I made that joke last night at dinner. I hope no one took offense. Have I called my grandmother lately? Am I there enough for my mom? You, my friends, are not alone. Guilt can easily consume our lives. It has mine for a very long period of time. In this episode of Putting Attention to Intention, we dig into why these thoughts consume us and how we can get power back by changing one simple thought. I want you guys to do me a favor. If this episode resonates with you, or you learned something, please share it with three people who you know this message would resonate with. Join me now. Welcome to our community, friends. I am thrilled that you have found your way here. If you're feeling directionless, frustrated, unfulfilled, as if you're just going through the motions of life, you have made your way to the right place. My name is Megan Miller. I offer high-performing go-getters simple daily micro steps for putting attention to intention so they can stop sleepwalking through life and start living with more inspiration and fulfillment. I know because I've been there. I was there the majority of my life. Having my life on autopilot, being the woman everyone wanted me to be, and feeling that I was just meant to do more. That is until I got brave and still enough to really uncover what I wanted. And I'm here to share my lessons with you to help you navigate through your own journey. Together we will share small practical steps that'll help you maximize how you show up in the world to create a life that you're passionate about. Welcome to putting attention to intention. So a girlfriend of mine is looking to tap into her intuitive gifts. Her parents had a funeral home growing up and she always felt that she could feel and see things. And she never really took the time to tap into this gift, which, first of all, kudos for taking the time to realize, listen, I I have this gift and I want to explore it. So many of us go a lifetime without that. So there's that. But she asked me if she could give me a, a, a reading. And you, listen, you don't have to ask me twice. Any chance that I have to connect with the universe, hear from the other side, I'm in and in and in. I'm more of a spiritual human being versus religious Uh, But that's not the whole purpose of this conversation. So I'll digress. Now, for those of you that think that, that this is stupid and a crock of shit, just bear with me here because I'll be wrapped up with this story soon. So she gives me this reading and my Aunt Joyce came in hot. This woman was an icon to me she was tough as nails we're pennsylvania dutch like i remember i remember her standing outside on her porch like in her house coat she always had an apron on and she would stand with her hands on her hip and she would scare you shitless and she would fight anyone who came after her family and with as much piss and vinegar as she had She loved, she loved a lot. She loved her husband, who was the love of her life, my Uncle Dean. I remember sitting, I'll never forget, you know, the things you remember sitting on the couch with her. I was a young girl and we would look at pictures of my Uncle Dean from his days in the Navy. And uh, we would say, God, look how handsome he is. And she would still say that after they were married for 50 plus years. Now, sure, she would bitch at him all the time and yell at him and curse at him. But she also would say how handsome he was. She is one of the main reasons that I'm drawn to and surround myself with strong, confident females. So as we're going through this conversation with my Aunt Joyce and we're sharing all of these just wonderful, wonderful moments, and it's so cathartic and healing. And I'm having all of these emotions in the back of my mind. I'm asking for guidance on one thing. I've been struggling with the thoughts of do we or do we not want to bring a baby into our family? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking, and you guys will know exactly what I'm talking about the sort of overanalyzing where you make yourself sick to your stomach, and you start to get like pings in your chest. But you can't get off this roller coaster of thinking. So you think about it and think about it and think about it. Uh, and that's where I've been. And you know, time, time is ticking for us. I'm almost 40. My honey's in his 50s. And I have these thoughts of take like a seesaw, right? You know, one one moment, I'm on one side of the seesaw, which is that I couldn't ever see myself going my whole life without being a mother. But then five minutes later, I'm on the complete opposite side of the seesaw. And I think, you know, maybe that's not my life's calling. Maybe my life's calling is to build this community and this movement. So I've been asking the universe, to help give me guidance. What am I to do? Am I meant to be a mother? Am I not meant to be a mother? Please, please give me a sign. Do me a solid. And my Aunt Joyce says the thing I've been wanting slash needing to hear. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself with the baby. If it's meant to be, it'll be there are so many young females whose lives you're going to touch god that got me choked up just <laughs> just even thinking about it and for those of you that know me i'm not a, it takes a lot to push me to a cry point wow i didn't expect to get emotional reading that so you know me yeah you know, i'm a i'm a thinker i'm an over and i realized as i've been chewing on this that In my mind, you know, I was titling this this feeling angst, right? Like that's what I was putting on it. But really what it was, was it was guilt. The guilt of what would my contribution be to the world if I wasn't a mother? The guilt of would my future self be disappointed in me to not take the time to make this happen? and the guilt of what would my family think and want. And then I started to think back through my life of all the times I felt guilty, not wanting to go to the event, because I felt guilty, not wanting to do that extra thing at work for my colleague, but doing it because I felt guilty, and I didn't want them to fail. It's almost like a Uh, like a movie screen running through my mind of all of these things that I have felt guilty for over the years. Hell, I, I should make guilt my middle name. Right. You know, not not wanting to get on that call with that super clingy friend. You know, the one who starts the conversation with you never call. I never hear from you. And then you end the conversation feeling like complete shit about yourself. But you end up making the call anyway, because it's air quote, the right thing to do. And, you know, as I thought about this. All of these things, you know, had brought me further away from who I am. From what I wanted, right? Like they they, they just these thoughts brought me further away from who I was, what I wanted in my life so I could, in my mind, appease someone else. My friends, how is guilt showing up and holding you back in your own life? Are you one of guilt's prime candidates? Is it not taking the time to work out and love on your body because your kids need you and your partner would resent you if you lost the weight and if you got in shape, is it not taking those singing classes that you've always wanted to take? Because there's no way that you would be able to get out of work on a Tuesday at five o'clock. And then ultimately, you know, your boss would resent you. You wouldn't get home in enough time to feed the kids, the family, they would resent you. There's no way that you could do that. Or is it the fact that you could never move to such and such a town because your, your family would resent you for moving? And I think back on my life and the decisions I made because I, air quote, wanted to get it right. I was so eager to please everyone else in my life besides myself. If I knew that what yeah, whatever it was, would make you happy. I would do it. So, screw myself and what I wanted. I just it's amazing when you really take a moment to sit back and think about all the times that you've left yourself at the altar, if you will, like, like never showing up for you. And the thoughts that go through our minds, it's like Vietnam War um, there, isn't it? Like, I think the thought, man, the, there, is, there are conversations going on in my head 24 hours a day. The moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, there is a full on conversation. And about 90% of the time, it's a battle. And when I think about the thoughts in my head, you know, let's, let's just go to a few. This can be and guys, this can be like in a in a span of 15 minutes. All of these thoughts, all these conversations in my head looks like, God, you know, when I said that to my boss, did she understand what I meant by that? Oh, God, you know, I made that joke last night at dinner and I hope no one took offense. Can't, you know, have I called my grandmother lately? Am I there enough for my mom? I haven't heard from my girlfriend. Is she mad at me? I can't believe I just ate that Reese's peanut butter cup last night. Well, actually, too. I'm such a fat ass. And then the icing on the cake at the end of all of this. Have you had this where you feel guilty about being guilty? You're like mad at yourself because you feel like complete shit because you feel like you're not there enough for everyone else and you just keep harboring on it. But you can't stop there are thoughts that would run through my head on replay over and over and over. And never once did I think it was kind of like, have you guys ever been to Disney World when they keep singing? It's a small world after all, like it just goes on constant replay. And then it's stuck in your head for hours, days, weeks afterwards. Like that's kind of what All of these feelings of guilt would be like in my mind. And never once, never once did I think, what do I want? And am I giving myself the room and space in my life to do it? You know, I remember back uh, when my last boyfriend broke up with me. It was before Michael. And of course, everybody always broke up with me. Like I never broke up with anybody. And he had this twisted way of bringing it back to me. Don't you love when people do that? Like they just have a sick and twisted way of taking no accountability for whatever happened in the relationship, but putting it all on you. And I bought all of it, all of it. Hell, this guy even cheated on me. I knew it. And here I am thinking about how I didn't show up in the relationship for him. I didn't do this for him. Oh God, you know, I I messed up on at this time and I didn't do this. Hell, the guy cheated on me. And never once, never once until much, much later and a lot of self-reflection later, did I allow myself to really look at the relationship as it truly, truly was. Almost like from an outsider's point of view, And don't you love when you're able to rise above a situation and look at it with no emotions attached to it, truly from an outsider's point of view? And when I did that with this situation I'm referencing, I, I really had great relief. It was like closing the chapter. And I don't find it any sort of coincidence that as I closed this chapter and opened the next one, which was starting to love myself and take the time to really find out what I needed for me, did my soulmate appear? Thank you, universe. So here's the biggest aha moment I had around these feelings of guilt. You ready? It's an easy fix to point the finger and say that the other person is making you feel this way. It is easy to sit here and say, your mom makes you feel like... Ex, that it's your husband, it's your kids, it's your boss that keeps you in these situations that, that you can't do what you want to. Right? Like you have all of these preconceived notions in your head of how the conversation will go. Well, you can't say that because then your boss would say that, you know, or you can have your husband watch the kids on the Tuesday night so you can take the singing lessons because he needs to do this. Like you already have the whole conversation mapped up in your head of why it'll never happen. And I'm here to tell you, my friends, it's not them. It's not them. These feelings, they are self-inflicted. It ties directly into your emotional triggers. You know what you want. You do. You know that you don't want to go to your in-laws for the holidays. You know that you don't want to go to that late night dinner meeting. You know that you don't want to go to that friend's birthday party. But you go. You go, you do these things, and you feel like shit because in your mind, it's, air quote, easier that way. And why is it easier that way? Because of the aftermath that you already told yourself will happen. You anticipate that XYZ will come from speaking your truth and putting out what you really want. And if you're sitting there shaking your head and having your own praise be moment of these guilt cycles that we put ourselves through, my friends, you are not alone. Think about it. Think about how we were socialized. It's a guilt that we learn as we move through life. You know, I think back to growing up, and I was raised by a single mother. And she, you know, thinking around the holidays, right, like she would work all night, she worked nights as a nurse. She would come home from working all night to make Thanksgiving dinner for our larger family. Granted, my aunts and uncles who weren't working all night and could have put on Thanksgiving, but she did and would go 24 hours without sleep because it was air quote, the right thing to do. We were raised to not hurt feelings. And it's in its females, right? Guilt is something that comes out of my mouth like the word the. I can't tell you how many times I've said to Michael, I don't want to do X, but I feel like I need to because I feel guilty. I can't tell you how many times I say that to him. And when I hear my husband speak, he never says it. Our mothers have this gene. I think it's like part of a gene that happens when you give birth that they're like Russian gymnasts going across a balance beam. And on the other side of that balance beam is making us feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But this is not how we have to live, people. It's not. At the end of the day, this is about you. You. And this is about your insecurities, not other people. I have this huge insecurity and it was blazingly obvious. I I I don't know how it took me so long to pinpoint this, that I need other people to like me. If I go into uh, an event or I go in to meet people and I don't know them. The first thought that I think is I'm, I'm going to get them to like me. And then I turn into whoever they want me to be. And it's ruled the majority of my life, which is why for the longest time, I didn't even know who I was because I was so busy living in this chameleon mode. So I'm going to teach you this strategy, which was shared by my girl, Mel Robbins. That's a game changer. Flip the thought. It's easy. Flip the thought. Your current limited belief is that if someone is disappointed in you or they're upset with your decisions, that they're going to stop loving you. Really, bottom line, that that's what this feeling comes down to, that you won't be loved. But flip it. People can be disappointed in you or upset with the decisions you make, and they can still love it. Love you. You know, think of all the people in your life that have disappointed you. You don't stop loving them. Why would it be any different for you? And then I started to think this way after I read that by Mel. Thank you, Mel. And it really changed my life. Listen, I, I can be a good wife and I can take time on the weekends to write or, you know, do the hour-long run that I want to, right? Like I I can take the weekends to do things for me and still be a good wife in there for my husband. I can be a good daughter and not call every day. I can be a good employee and not answer every email as soon as it hits my inbox. Life isn't an either-or kind of thing. So we have to start we have to stop thinking that way. We are multidimensional creatures, so we should act as such. We give ourselves these strict lanes to be in. It's either A or B, A or B. Listen, people, it can be A and B. Our needs and wants change as we go through the seasons of our life. The moment your mind goes to, God, I really should call more. I should be there more. Why did I miss that thing? I'm a horrible human being. I suck at life. Stop, 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 stop. And ask, is this motivating me for the better? Or am I using this to make myself feel bad? You are to live your own life in your own truth not manage how others react to it. When you say yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. I'm going to leave you all with a little Aunt Joyce advice, my friends. Stop putting so much undue pressure on yourself. Thank you for taking the time to be here and most importantly for taking the first step in investing in yourself. If you liked what you heard, please do share with your tribe. I'm a huge believer in the power of sharing content, especially when that message is around putting power back into your own life. I would love to hear from you all. If this episode meant something to you or you'd like to share something with our community, please reach out to me on Instagram, megan.b.miller. Also, if you feel inclined, please comment and rate the podcast. It does make a difference in sharing our community. Till next time, carry on with intention.